Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Genesis Gems episode 73, where we'll be covering Jurassic Park Rampage Edition. Ooh, I am one of the hosts, Nick Stevens, and with me this time is... Aaron, hey guys, long time and no talk. Long Unless time. you're a Patreon listener, then maybe you heard my voice more recently. Yeah. Hey, we had an episode in October, so it wasn't that far away. But uh, we all we also have a special guest with us tonight, and uh, who who might that be out there? Uh, it was just me. It's uh, Joseph Garris. Joseph, which Joseph was actually on a Patreon episode not too long ago about reproduction carts. So. Reproduction. Oh wait, that's that's Grease too. I'm sorry. Reproduction. Look <laughs> 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 like a jingle there, but yeah, go check that out if you haven't heard it already. A uh, dollar a month gets that uh, good episode for you. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So, guys, how you been? Actually, let's, let's start off. Let's start off with Aaron. I think he had a little trip. We'll talk about a little bit. Yeah, it took a nice fall. Uh, <laughs> nice fall. Fall damage. That's right. Uh, so I uh, got to take a trip up to the northeast. I was booked to perform at something called Demo Splash, which happens in Pittsburgh at Carnegie Mellon University every year. And I was lucky enough to be the guest of honor uh, at this event, which uh, demo parties are much more of a thing in Europe than they are in America. But I'm glad to say that uh, Demo Splash is one of the few we have. And what happens there is that they show off really cool demos on old hardware, including uh, the Sega Genesis. I got to see Titan Overdrive 2 on the Sega Genesis, which is a really neat demo that kind of showcases what the Genesis hardware can do and some amazing music by Strobe and demos on Amiga, on Commodore 64, and, and people enter um, music and visuals and demos into this uh, this party, and then those are shown, and people vote on them. And I was also the performer uh, on this would have been last Friday night, according to my reckoning. That <laughs> was like so long ago, but it was uh, the ninth. Yeah, it was just no, not the ninth. I'm sorry, the second. I'm getting my time mixed up, but. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had a blast. Uh, got to perform a lot of my music, and that is available. The whole thing is actually streamed and available on SceneSat. So if you go to, I believe it's SceneSat, and I'm hoping that uh, good buddy Nick here will write that down. It's SceneSat.com, and if you look up Demo Splash 2018, you will find a live stream of the whole party and I go live about the fourth hour on the first night third or, third or fourth hour or so but also really cool things that happened there uh, was that there's a, a complete other room there's two main rooms one where they have presentations and, and show these really cool uh, demos the other room was chock full of retro goodness where they had every <laughs> retro computer and console that you could possibly imagine uh they spared no expense i even got to see an apple lisa which is one of the more rare computers that apple put out in the 80s it was a, a failed machine that they put out around the time of the macintosh around 1984 or so and it was it's a neat pretty neat machine so got to check that out Got to... Was it a mean bean machine? 
<laughs> it was a mean bean machine. <laughs> On the Sega side, there there were Sega set up. I even brought my own Sega Genesis and and had some games running and uh, got to meet a lot of really cool people, a lot of like minded nerds, and <laughs> just it's just a blast. I recommend anyone go check it out. It's it's open to the public, so it's something that uh, is pretty worthwhile. And I also entered a song into there. There's like one audio category there. And so I entered my song and it won. It got first place. So I was so cool. super excited about that. Yeah. Congrats, was, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. Um, so when that happens, they, they have these different categories and it's anonymous. People will, will judge the creations that are shown and, I even got to walk the stage, which was cool. I felt like I was graduating again. I <laughs> walked the stage, shook some hands, and walked off with my plaque. So it's pretty awesome. Very cool. And uh, if you want to hear that song, which is called it's called Space Coast, Ghost to Ghost, <laughs> I'm actually... Uh, I, I've put it up on YouTube on my channel under Aaron Hickman, but I'm also going to release it as a single here soon. So you'll definitely be able to catch it there, but that's enough, enough, uh, waffling for me. And, uh, why don't we move on to Joe? How you been doing Joe? Oh man, I've been doing pretty good. Um, I've been playing Red Dead Redemption oh. 2 a bit. Never, and, uh, never heard of this series. <laughs> I know, right? So you you probably have a Western game. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those Western games. Out. You know, it's probably like never... sequel to Outlaw or something. I don't if it's know. not on the Sega Genesis, <laughs> I've never heard of it. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. You probably haven't left your house in like a week, right? <laughs> I feel like it, yes. <laughs> Sunk a few hours already. It's definitely a no shave November <laughs> in the Garrett household. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that game's been a trip. Um, also excited about the Diablo three game coming out for the Switch. You know, that's about time that got ported. Ha <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've I've been playing the crap out of that. <laughs> oh yeah, yep, it's cool, super cool, very cool. Yeah, past that, it's just been work. So there you have it. <laughs> I understand <laughs> that cool man. Going on. <laughs> that whole adult thing we have to do every now and then, right? <laughs> yeah, adulting <laughs> is hard. It's yeah, hard. It's- it's boring. <laughs> That's how I felt when I came back. I got to eat all this delicious food in Pittsburgh, and then I come back, and it's like, oh. Did you go to that, to uh, what's that place called in Pittsburgh? Uh, it's a sandwich place. Is it Pimenti Brothers or something? How did you go there? No, I did not. Oh. Get, apparently, they put fries. Like, there's a lot of items in Pittsburgh where they put fries on it, which is cool. Like, every sandwich, they just put fries on it for some reason. Uh, but no, I ended up, uh, I had some really good Indian food. I had... I went to this place called Burgatory. Burgatory. <laughs> Burgatory, uh, which is a great name for a restaurant. <laughs> and instead of like little frilly toothpicks, they, they put pitchforks in your burger. Nice. <laughs> and I had, it was the piggy butter and bacon sandwich or burger, which was basically some bacon burger with peanut butter, bread and butter pickles, and habanero jelly, and I kid you not, it's one of the best burgers I've ever had. I was I was shocked myself. So that was one of the the highlights of my my trip. It was a really really good burger. 
Cool. I like it. Never thought I'd say that peanut butter and, and burger goes together, but it, it went together really well. <laughs> cool, man. I like Pittsburgh. I've been up there a few times, watched my Braves play the Pirates. And Have my... you been to uh, Wings over Pittsburgh? Sounds familiar, but I probably not. It's a wing it's a wing place. Oh, man, their their wings are great too. It's just a place that just sells boneless wings and they're like super cheap. Huh. Oh, I guess they're not technically wings if they're boneless. I guess. Yeah, chicken but nuggets. Not... <laughs> they're like chicken. They're like chicken tenders <laughs> of varying sizes, but the sauce was just delicious. Sorry for my vegetarian friends. I'm sure they can make you something out of tofu, <laughs> but <laughs> mold shape something. What's funny that uh, talking about tofu when you go to Burgatory, they actually did have the Impossible Burger. Which I almost tried. I don't know if you've heard of this Impossible Burger. They sell at Whole Foods now. Which is like a burger. It's meant to taste like a burger and have all of the taste of a burger, but without actual animal protein. (laughs) It's not like the Boca Burger. It's not like a veggie burger. It actually, from what people say, it tastes like an actual burger. Nice. I like a good yes. burger. <laughs> now, if they could make an impossible chili dog, maybe I could sign Sonic Ooh. up. Hmm. I would go for that. Chili dogs. I love chili dogs. Oh, yeah. Hot dogs Do you love sauce. chili dogs with sauce? Yeah. I like hot dogs, hot with, dogs sauce. with sauce. Yeah. <laughs> Haven't had one of those you in said a while. You, have, uh, you said you have been to Pittsburgh, though. I have. Uh, three or four times, actually. It's not too far away. It's about a three to four hour drive. can't remember. Somewhere in between there. From where so I live. you had a Pittsburgher? I had a Pittsburgher. <laughs> <laughs> we got puns everywhere tonight. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you would like to connect with us, we are the Genesis Gems Podcast. You can find us on the web at www.genesisgemspodcast.com. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Uh, join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Gems. Send us an email at genesisgemspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at GenGems. Uh, we're, of course, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on many other platforms, and we all are also part of the Retro Junkies Network at theretrojunkies.com. And, guys, all you out there who are patrons, we appreciate it. Appreciate every uh, cent that's come our way. It's really helped us to... Stay on the air, I guess you'd say, of the podcast world. But uh just want to thank each and every one of you patrons. Uh, we couldn't do this without you. Um, so a uh, big thank you to Chris Vanderhoff. Uh, to, hey, Joseph Garris, right on the oh, show right. here. Yeah, thanks, Joseph. Right on. Uh, Jared You're Adams. Uh, appreciate Jared. He's been a long-time high donator. So appreciate it, Jared. Uh, Kaylee Tickatch, Geekvolution, Timothy McGowan, Tyler J., Laurent Garrod, Michael Hayes, Chris Fox, Otto Gregerson, Jim Jones, Jim, NZ17, Chad Clark, Rob, Martin Cook, Andrew Coed, Stephen Goddich, Jonathan Henderson, Gabe Van Gilder, Ian McGarry, Classic Gaming Quarterly, Cutta, Bastian O'Sara, Barnaby Jones, Jason Wilson, Bradley Smith, Retro Blist, Andy Layton, Joshua Witt, Landon Long, and Michael. Thank you all so much for being gems. All right. And guys, we had one new iTunes review. Um, I'm, ba- I'm back on Apple devices, so it's a lot easier for me to look at uh, iTunes reviews again. <laughs> that was a pain trying to pull those up on my Android. But uh had a new one. We have 67 now. Uh, our average is five-star, even though there is a four-star out there. <clears throat> uh, but anyways, the latest one comes from Jimmy Insane. And the title says, So Dan Good. 
and it says nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, five stars. Thank you so much. It says nostalgia. Check. Great community. Check. Dad jokes. Check. Bunch of new friends. Check. After a two-decade hiatus from Sega, this podcast has single-handedly rekindled a flame inside of me, which I thought had burned out. Quackshot, Streets of Rage, Road Rash, stop it already. I'm hooked. <laughs> thought that was super cool. So thank you so much, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. Love the five-star reviews. That gets us up to 67. And it's been real cool, too. We've had a lot of new listeners because we are also on Spotify. If anybody's listening to us out there, uh, you can find the Genesis Gems on Spotify. Just type, type in Genesis Gems, and uh, there we are. So, guys, let's go on to this next segment. I know we kind of did a little bit of this already, but uh, let's flow right into Sega Snippets. Test one, two. Sega. Now it's time for Sega Snippets. Yeah, I wanted to jump right in and mention that uh, Ian McGarry posted in our group that the Mega Drive had a 30th birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. It was around, yeah, happy birthday. I think it was around October <laughs> 29th, saying that the Mega Drive was released in 1988. Ooh, ooh. Just crazy <laughs> how uh, wow. time flies and, and how old a video game console can make you feel. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> definitely. Um, yeah, because I don't know how old you guys were in 88. I think I was all of two years old. Nah, I was three. Um, yeah. I didn't exist. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> you were just a twinkle. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> but uh, other other Sega snippets, I did have a few, actually. I had one or two. And I don't know if anyone picked up that Hyperkin kind of under the radar a little bit. I don't know if how many people noticed that there's... It's sort of competing with the the SG, the Mega SG or whatever it's called, um, for that HDMI output type Sega console. This one, however, just does Sega Genesis. It's Hyperkin. It's not the Retron 5. You don't have to worry about load times because it's you know converting your game into a, a ROM. It reads cartridges right Right when you plug them into the, the slot, it does HDMI. It's 720, I want to say, 720p. It's not going to be 1080 uh, like the Mega SG, but it might be good for some people considering I think it's about $50 compared to the $180 price tag of the Mega SG. But there are some major things to consider. I, I did watch a recent video on the subject from uh, Gamester81, which I do recommend checking yeah. out on YouTube. He's a friend and of Willie's, right? Yeah, he's he's a friend, and he was on the uh, ColecoVisions podcast, which I did music for a long time ago. Of course, he's a pretty popular guy anyways, but yeah. he's, he's a friend of Willie's. <laughs> yep, and he, uh, I think he helps run Collector Vision, actually. So, pretty, pretty neat stuff. Um, worth checking out maybe you're maybe you're wanting to play your console uh, on the cheap via HDMI I, I don't know about the controller the buttons are a little more raised than I'd like compared to the original controller Hyperkin does not make the best Sega Genesis controllers but uh, it accepts I it's kind of weird accept, right 
Yeah, I think uh, it does accept your your standard uh, Sega Genesis controllers, but I'd have to take a closer look to confirm that because um, yeah, I I like to use good controllers. You know, I don't like mushy mushy D pads or anything like that. Final Sega snippet from me was that uh, I got to see Splatterhouse. Of course, it's not Halloween anymore, but that's okay. I feel like you can make every day Halloween if you want. <laughs> that, that's completely up to you. If you want to give candy out to kids, completely up to you. <laughs> if, if you want to dress up, that's that's all on you, buddy. You can do that. But I did get to see Halloween being played at Demo Splash, and it was on the FM Towns. There were a lot of really neat pieces of Japanese hardware, the X68000, things that... When you look at them, they're somewhat similar in architecture to what you'd see on the Sega Genesis and the Sega CD. There's actually some some uh, overlap there. And seeing Splatterhouse uh, with, with FM music playing, it was it's pretty neat. Looked looked pretty solid. Uh, I I wish the first Splatterhouse game would have been ported to the Sega Genesis, but I think the only <laughs> way you can play it in America on a home console. I mean, there's it's now on like, uh, I think on PS3, something like that. I think it was unlockable on the Splatterhouse reboot, but if you have a TurboGrafx-16, that was yeah. one way to play it. But yeah. I had it on yeah. the Wii. The Wii uh, Virtual Console had TurboGrafx-16 version of it. Yeah, it's yeah. Green Blood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This version had green blood too for some reason, so it was, it was interesting. But uh, yeah, I love love seeing Japanese computer hardware just because, first of all, the controllers all had D-pads, which is great. <laughs> I, I was never a huge fan of, especially being left-handed, never a huge fan of using a joystick. Um, there, there are some good controllers for that, but I always preferred using a D-pad when I could. So... Yeah, really interesting stuff. They had the FM Towns. They had the uh, FM standing for Fujitsu Micro. They had an FM7, uh, 68,000. They had the MSX2. Just a lot of really neat Japanese machines besides uh, your European things like ZX Spectrum and so on and so forth. So cool stuff. Yeah, very cool. Um, As far as Sega goes for me, I've been dabbling a little bit with the uh, Sega Ages here on the uh, Nintendo Switch. Uh, they re- they handed off some of their titles to M2, which if you guys know M2 at all, they perfect emulation. So very excited. I've been playing Sonic and then uh, Lightning Forces on there as well. So very excited to see what else happens with there. It's really neat because you can play you know, the American version. You can play the Japanese version. Um, Sonic 1, for instance, uh, they incorporate the spin dash and the jump dash into it, and you can turn it on and off if you want to, if you want to go back to original, uh, or play it in the kind of the new way. So that's really cool, kind of makes it a whole, whole new aspect of the game. But yeah, anything M2 touches, I'm just all over. So their emulation is wonderful. So that's cool. Uh, did see on the eShop, it's coming soon, but they will be releasing the, uh, Sega Genesis Classics, or whatever the latest one was for, PS4 and Xbox uh, One that is coming to the Switch, so that's really cool. The Switch has I been... Saw... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I saw something about the remake of Fantasy Star 1 coming to the Switch, which is the Fantasy Star, I think, uh, I think it was the PS2 remake, but I have to look into that and see if it's coming to the US or not. Cool. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm hoping there's much more uh, Sega stuff coming to the Switch. It's been kind of my main console here lately, so I'm uh, very excited about that. But um, as, as far as uh, not Sega things go, what we like to talk about here, um, like you said, Joseph, I bought Diablo 3 last week when it came out. I've probably already dumped 10 hours into this game, <laughs> playing it again. Love it. It's my type of game. It's just straight-up action hack-and-slash RPG. And uh, I pick a guy named a Crusader, who's kind of like a holy fighter, and... Just lots of uh, lots of mashing on the attack button, <laughs> a little bit of magic here and there, but uh, having a blast with it. I played Diablo three on two other consoles and can't get enough of that game. But a uh, big thing for me coming up uh, this Tuesday, uh, Fallout seventy six. Cannot wait to play that. I'm a huge fan of the Fallout games. But uh, what's really cool about this one? It actually takes place in my hometown. That's so cool because uh, it's all about uh, the Appalachian areas, but it's mainly in West Virginia. And of course, I live in West Virginia. I'm from Point Pleasant, and I live in Honey. Uh, I work in Huntington as well. So, Point Pleasant's in, in this game. You um, go to the Mothman Museum, see the Mothman, but also Huntington, uh, just down the road where I live. Uh, there's a little beat-up amusement park called up Camden Park. It's there. Uh, there's this thing called a Pumpkin House. It's out every October. It's there. So it's going to be really cool to actually play this game <laughs> and uh, see like my area. Very cool. Uh, Bethesda was actually at our. Uh, uh, Mothman music, or, uh, Mothman festival this year. So the, the, some of the developers were there. They brought some of the uh, like some of the life size prototypes and stuff of the uh, uh, some of the suits and stuff. So it was really cool. Kind of excited. Our town is just hyped up. There's a ton of people here who've never even heard of Fallout. They actually want to go buy the game and try it for the first time. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I wasn't I wasn't real excited that it was an online game, but I, I think just because it's about West Virginia, I'm very pumped. So <laughs> I'm hoping to take a couple of days off this week so I can sit down and really sink some time into it. But uh, yeah, other than that, your boss your boss will be okay because they know it's not Red Dead week. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now Red Dead's gonna be my Red Dead's gonna be my Christmas game. I gotta play that during oh. Christmas break. So. Oh, I wanted to issue small correction when I said Fantasy Star. It it is related to the Sega Ages collection that you were talking about with M2 handling the release, so it's going to be really solid. Um, the thing is, it's it's not going to be the PS2 re-release that I thought it was going to be. Uh, that threw me off a little bit. It is the original game. I think it might actually be out now, um, but I'd have to double-check, because I don't have a Switch, but I know you guys do, so please verify for me. <laughs> there you go. Look it up, don't <laughs> Use the power of the internet. Of the internet, yeah, I haven't. You know what's I, funny? I uh, speaking of the power, our, our uh, pal Rob McCallum, um, he he had made Nintendo Quest, but he also directed the Masters of the Universe documentary. Yeah, and I got the chance to watch that on Netflix, and it is really good. That's just a side note. It has nothing to do with Sega, but uh, we we have talked to Rob on our various podcasts before, so. You feel like he's one of us. He's part of the Retro Junkies oh, extended yeah. panel. Yeah. So I, I did Google it. Sega Ages series should be getting started on Switch this month with Sonic and Thunder Force, blah, blah, blah. Confirmed just a couple minutes ago, Sega Ages Fancy Star is planned for September. Japan pricing is set at nine twenty-five yen. So it's definitely confirmed for Japan. Which is cool because if, if you have a Switch, you can switch over to like a... Hey, switch over. There's ways you can actually <laughs> go to a Japan account and uh, download games that way. So... It's uh, definitely not region locked by any means. So, yeah, go check that That's out. That's good. Cool. So, Joseph, what have you been up to, Sega related? Oh, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> I found this really cool Sega hack. Uh, I've been playing it. It's called Streets of Rage 2 Ultra 2018. 
and uh, it, it just adjusts a couple of things on the Streets of Rage 2 game. Like you can, um, like the speed is slightly increased. Uh, forward, forward A becomes a combo. Um, B plus C, you can attack enemies at both sides. Stuff like that for like. So are uh, these uh, some some changes that they made from Streets of Rage 3? Uh, yeah, it seems like that. Uh, there is a. There's like a whole new palette for the characters, um, as far as like their appearance goes. It's really neat. Awesome. Yeah, um, and they even like adjusted colors to like make the characters look even more smooth. That's it's just kind of neat. I highly recommend it. Yeah, I have to check it out. I uh, I have a whole bunch of Street to Race Two hacks sitting on my EverDrive, and it's it's hard <laughs> to sift through them because. They're all of varying quality, and some of them are just, oh, let's put this one character in the game and change nothing else. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see. I've also been playing the Shinmu HD remake. Yeah, yeah how been is cool. that? It's been a lot of fun. Um, the uh, the voice acting is uh, still still comical. Have you seen <laughs> any sailors? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually glad that they didn't change anything as far as that goes. You know, it's got that authentic authenticity it's you know and i I have uh, some very strong opinions on this i i feel like uh and and they got it right i feel like konami's the one who's gotten it wrong like they did hd re-releases of silent hill 2 and most recently castlevania symphony of the night which is ported from the psp version and the problem Mm -hmm. is they used revised voice acting which is I guess great for some people, but I like yeah. the original cheesy <laughs> dialogue. You know, I I just I like the delivery, the the hammy delivery, like in Symphony of the Night, where it's just like, "You seal men's souls." <laughs> Not by my line. hand, and I'm once again given flesh. I was put here <laughs> by humans who wish to pay me tribute. Nailed it. Yeah, and I'll just nailed it. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, I'd love it. All right. Well, let's just jump to the next way. Yeah. Uh, next way. Man, I'm on it tonight. Sega way. But uh, let's go to the next segment here. This is Ask Aaron. Aaron Hickman is a dude who knows a lot about Sega games. Ask him questions. It's okay. And he will answer them if he wants to. So, All right. if you guys would like to ask Aaron questions, make sure you follow us on our group at www.facebook.com slash group slash Genesis Gems, where we post a picture of Aaron, usually something in the comical sense. Uh, this time around, we posted a picture of him. It looks like he is uh, snuggling a Genesis as he's sleeping with some really cool sunglasses on. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, found those at the Halloween shop, and uh, they, were, they were well worth the... Uh... What fifteen dollars I paid for them? They weren't expensive. Well worth it. <laughs> yes. They're very cool. Hey, they look like uh, Matrix sunglasses. What they That's look like? What they I, are. I didn't realize it at, at first, but someone's like, it's like Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, it's like Morpheus yeah, sunglasses. Morpheus. Yes, yeah. Morpheus exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in, in the picture, um, it, the original context was I was saying that uh, the, the Genesis and I had to get our beauty sleep in time for our show. <laughs> And so I, I've, uh, I'm, I'm snuggling with a Sega Genesis. Yeah. That's nice. That's <laughs> nice. So the, is the Sega the spoon or are you the spoon? I can't. Uh, you know, we're not spooning. This is a, kind of a, <laughs> um, 
What, what's the... It, it's a platonic there relationship. Okay. There you okay. go. Platonic love. Yeah. Okay. Well, speaking of that, uh, the first question comes from Chris Vanderhoff, and it says, uh, what is love? I think this is it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. What uh, most people don't realize is that there is a... A Hathaway, what is love? Sega Genesis, like small looping demo uh, that you can get. <laughs> there's a there's a ROM you can go out there and get. I have it on my EverDrive, and it's just the looping animation of uh, you know what is love and uh, Night at the Roxbury. That's skit from SNL, <laughs> and they're doing the little dance move, and it's a little animated thing. It's it's pretty funny, but <laughs> yes, Chris. You answered the question that that is love indeed. <laughs> oh, the the next question here, um, I'm gonna word it a little differently because Matt Daly asked. Uh, he told us we could <laughs> skip this. It's not appropriate for the show. So, uh, w- uh, which would make a better companion? How about that, Genesis or NES? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, well, and to take it a step further, which would you, if you're just at home relaxing, what you know, what which would you rather play? Um, shoot, it's it's hard. I, I I have to go Sega Genesis because I'm on a Sega Genesis <laughs> podcast. There you go. But you know, NES was my first love. You you never oh. forget your first love. You know, that's true. NES was the very first system that I really grew up on. We had the 2600 around that time, but I think it was the second system we had. Uh, NES was first, so I cut my teeth on that, and then we graduated to the Sega Genesis. So. There's your answer. You got your first love, and you got your uh, your old faithful. Old faithful. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, next question comes from Jared Adams. Jared says, "What is your Mega Drive in life?" <laughs> <laughs> my Mega Drive, man. My kids. Oh, Definitely my kids. They're they're the ones who. Uh, That's cool. Give me the power. So they're they're uh, they're they're awesome. They uh, inspire me every day. Awesome. I like that answer. Good family-friendly show. All yes. right. Nick DeMarco says, Did you get lost? You went on the wrong side of my state, Hickman. What current... <laughs> <laughs> he says, What current cartoon show would make a solid Genesis homebrew game? Current. I like Jared Adams' answer. He just, he just said Castlevania. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is a show on Netflix. Yeah, that happens. Uh, <laughs> I would say, well, I guess it's 10 years out of date, but... Uh, I really like Avatar. It's probably the the best, one of the best animated shows I can think of the last within the Airbender. last ten years. Yes, the <laughs> Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, by extension, I guess. Oh. I think both of these could have made, and there have been Airbender games, uh, but I think it would have been adaptable to the Sega Genesis without losing too much. And I'm yeah. sure there's some. Some animes and stuff uh, that could make the cut, uh, but I don't watch enough to give you anything <laughs> really concrete on this answer. I, I know uh, people enjoy stuff like uh, Attack on Titan, uh, which would be a really interesting Sega Genesis game, considering the giant... Uh, they don't wear any clothes, so let's just put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> The giants don't. But uh, what else? Oh, I think, um, yeah, I, I did have an idea here. One Punch Man. That would make a great Sega Genesis game. 
it would be perfect, except they'd have to adjust that difficulty somehow to make it playable, considering he's the one-punch man. Yeah. That, you know, all, that, attack on, just, that attack on Titan's got a few video games out there, doesn't it? I thought I saw one. Yeah, I've heard a few, uh, I've seen a few games in action that look really good, and it's just the scale and the scope. I think Sega Genesis could pull it off. Yeah. So, what's next? Next comes from Daniel Walker. Daniel says, is there a Game Gear clone system out there? If not, why has this not been done yet? Companies like Hypercan and Retrobit have been making portable SNES and NES clones for years. Wouldn't a Game Gear make sense, especially since the original systems are so unreliable? So, I'm trying to remember here uh, if the Retron 5 plays Game Gear games. I don't think um, it does. Um, it does with an add-on. Okay. Yeah, there's like a, there, there's, there's like a special add-on you can get for the Retron uh, 5, right? It's like a 3-in-1 mm-hmm. adapter. Yep. Yeah, so it's like it says it's about 60 bucks on Amazon. So there is an adapter you can get. That's compatible with the Game Gear and Master System and Master System card cartridges. So as you guys know, the Master System and Game Gear are functionally equivalent, except for the fact that the Game Gear has stereo sound, has the same sound chip, and it, in many cases it has a, an improved color palette and the resolution will be a little bit different, usually smaller than a typical Game Gear than a typical Master System game just because of the, the screen resolution. Uh, but they are functionally similar games, so it would make sense that you would have an adapter that would play all those types of games. Now, the Mega SG, I think, will have a similar adapter, but it will only be $10 and will play... I think it'll play Game Gear games. So there will be something out there like that so that's exciting exciting stuff i agree with you there should be more ways to play game gear games especially because game gear hardware is notoriously fickle Mm -hmm. the way i play game gear games on the tv is uh there there are actually people out there that hack game gear games to be playable on master system and some of the conversions turn out pretty well they uh sometimes there's screen garbage it's unavoidable (laughs) Because of the screen resolution difference and the fact that they're able to hide the off-screen graphics um, because you don't see it on a Game Gear. But there are some pretty pretty good ones. I've been able to play some pretty fun games that way on my EverDrive. So that's one way to do it as well. So what is our next question? Our next question comes from Andrew Coed. Andrew says... Now that you're rapidly becoming kind of a big deal in the chiptune community, are you going? Are you going to be planning on leaving our humble podcast community behind for greener pastures? So I would just <laughs> give you. It would be like a if I could send you an animated GIF. It would be, you know, like when when you have like a copy of Sonic and Knuckles and you stick in the wrong cartridge. And just Sonic pops up on the screen, and he's just like, no way, no way, no way. It's just like scrolling across the screen, so that's what it would be like. Just be like, no way, uh, I don't... Wow, there's an emergency somewhere. Um, <laughs> chip to an emergency, I must be gone. Um, no, I, I don't plan... Part, part of it is, too, like a lot of the chip tune I make is Sega Genesis related anyway, so I feel like... There's a lot more crossover than people think. Uh, 
the podcasting feeds into the chiptune and, and vice versa. Yeah. I've made friends that have been like, oh, you do uh, a Sega Genesis podcast? Let me go check it out. Or you do chiptune? Let me check that out. So it, it's all related to retro gaming, which is one of my main passions. Uh, so there might come a point where I have less time for podcasting, but I will always have time for Genesis Gems. Oh. Yeah. That's so sweet. That makes me feel good. <laughs> sweet. Good answer. All right. So uh, James Knight asks, if you were asked to make a chiptune song for any wrestler of your choice, who would it be? Ooh, a wrestler of my choice. I think the Shockmaster. Shockmaster. I think he never got his, his true due. If you guys remember the Shockmaster, if you don't remember the Shockmaster, look him up on YouTube, he will shock the world because he is the <laughs> Shockmaster, which is literally just a spray-painted uh, Stormtrooper helmet, like a bedazzled Stormtrooper helmet uh, on a guy who clearly doesn't... He, he misses cue, and like there's an explosion that happens during the promo, and he kind of tumbles out onto the screen. And you hear like Booker T in the background going, what the... F-? You know, just... Can you dig it, sucker? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I think of that would be my my joke answer. But serious serious answer, I'm a huge fan of uh, especially David Wise's chiptune interpretations of wrestler themes on the NES. It would be fun to to do things in that vein where it's maybe you know with a modern day wrestler or to do it with a you know, with like a John Cena. There was one. There's actually a few, a, a few wrestler themes where they're like straight up ripoffs of Mega Man, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's one that sounds like the Woodman theme. It's, Oh, I love the Woodman theme. Yeah. I wonder who's that was. There's a a long history of of, uh, wrestling music borrowing uh, lovingly from other sources. So I think that's pretty cool. I think there's just like a team that really handles a lot of the WWE entrance themes. You guys probably fill in the the gaps of my knowledge there. Yeah. I got to ask you like a sidebar question because it just made me think. So... Is it my nostalgia, or is Mega Man 2 the best Mega Man soundtrack? I think I like it the best because I just played it so much as a kid. No, I think uh, pound for pound, if uh, the Mega Man games were to weigh in with uh, their <laughs> with their music, uh, if we're just saying the mainline Mega Man series, yeah, 2 is probably my favorite overall. I think there might be individual stronger songs on some of the later soundtracks but overall Mega Man 2 I think just every song is quality that's good yeah I I think that's where the compositions just really hit their stride and in having you know they're, they're short songs they're fast they're catchy there's a lot of really intricate and neat compositional techniques with studying uh, there's a guy called 8-Bit Theory that breaks down different video game soundtracks that has something to say on the subject. 
And I, I think it's it's just the catchiest. Maybe maybe that's it. Because like I've I've played other Mega Man games and I like them, but I just we rented Mega Man two so much and I ended up owning it later on in life and it was the only one I could ever actually beat. So I don't know if maybe it was just my nostalgia, but I always wondered that because everyone every time someone asks me what's your favorite soundtrack in a video game, I usually say Streets of Rage two or Mega Man two. So it's kind of I don't know. You're just a fan of the number two. I do. I like two. <laughs> Take a number two. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> or call down, Beavis. <laughs> Joe has that southern voice already. So... Yeah. <laughs> he definitely pulled, pulled that voice off. It's great. It's it's shocking how uh, how much Rob Luther can sound like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> he doesn't seem like the guy that could do that voice, so he does it really well. <laughs> yes, but yeah, Joe's like he he seems like he could be a stand-in for for Mike Judge. <laughs> not in a bad way. Sure if, I was about to say I'm not sure if that's like a compliment or not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> Bobby. That guy, Bobby. All right. Next question from Gabe Vangular. He says, heck yes, there is life in Genesis Gems. What happened to our Halloween episode? Uh, it's happening right now, Gabe, sorry. Uh, real question, Aaron, I don't know if I ever asked you this. Christmas is coming up. What was the best Sega game you ever got for Christmas? For me, it was Fantasy Star and a Sega Master System and getting Sonic and a Sega Genesis on Christmas. My two favorite memories besides getting the NES and playing Mario all day. I won't lie, owning Sonic during Christmas was a way better feeling. <laughs> It had to have been, believe it or not, it was either the Sega CD or the 32X. I, I can't remember specific Sega Genesis games that we got around Christmas, but I definitely remember when we got a Sega CD and we got Lunar, or Lunar, and I was blown away by the, the cinematics, and just, it was the first game I played that felt alive, I guess for lack of a better term. <laughs> so that's big contender uh, when we first got the 32x and my mind was blown by star wars and and doom yeah. especially you know i'd never played doom on anything before i played wolfenstein 3d on the snes which was just a pretty lousy port but doom was kind of a game changer as far as first person shooters were concerned and having it on a home console like the 32x on a sega console was was really neat and yeah, those are specific Christmas memories that I can recall, just like where we were really happy. I, I want to say we got Fantasy Star 4, but I can't remember when we got it. I know my brother worked at a video rental store, so we ended up with a lot of discount <laughs> Sega Genesis games on his manager discount. So I just cannot recall. But... Those are my two contenders, I think. Cool. All right. So the next one comes from Ian McGarry. And Ian says, The shadow of an ever-increasing tide of toxicity and vitriol in regards to politics from all sides. My question is, where do you all stand politically on the subject? <laughs> Should Mike Hagar be up for re-election for Metro City or not? <laughs> you know, uh, he's kind of got a, a, a pro bad guy punching platform um, body slams you know are welcome uh, you know what it, 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 I don't know 
I, I think in my heart, I say, yes, let's reelect him. He's going to clean up the streets, and he has a real hands-on approach. Uh-huh. Get his hands dirty and uh, pile drive the opposition. So, yeah, let's reelect him. I'm always so I'm always so happy when they include him on like Capcom and Marvel games. <laughs> I love Mike Agar. I mean that mustache, it's just That's great. He is he's everything I want to be. He's like Tom Selleck on steroids. I love it. Yeah, he's like Tom Selleck and, and Burt Renner Burt Reynolds, rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. <laughs> that and like I just love a man that he doesn't need to wear a shirt and, and still Feels the need to wear a suspender. Yeah, got that, a single suspender strap going over. Single his suspender strap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's great. So much fun. All right. Next question comes from Barnaby Jones, and Barnaby says, "Do you see a time when a chiptune song makes it into the Billboard 100?" Uh, maybe not the Billboard 100 here. Though I will say there have been ch- songs with chiptune elements that have definitely gone to the top 10 of the billboard charts uh if you think about kesha you think about timbaland, timbaland. there are yeah there are definitely songs there there was even a hip-hop song with a pac-man sample it's not going to shock me it's whatever you want to consider chiptune i consider chiptune if it's made with sounds that sound like they're coming from old outdated yeah. hardware it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to make it on said hardware. If it sounds like it's that, then I consider it chiptune still. So yeah, there there have been songs that sound like they use Commodore 64 samples or used a, a Sega Genesis. There's been plenty of hip-hop um, that used Street Fighter 2 samples. There was a Chun-Li song that definitely made it, I think, into the, the top 10 of the Billboard charts. Uh, I think it was called Chun-Li, <laughs> which... Was a uh, I can't even remember my artist names right now, but one of one of the big female artists uh, that was one of her big songs recently. So yeah, I think it's possible. I, ha- I uh, have a, a friend who um, one of his songs it, I think it was in in South America uh their billboard charts his his song made it into their top 100 so in america i don't know in the uk possibly other parts of the world are i think fair game if you have something that people like they will find it nice i know one of my favorite uh metal slash chip bands uh, periphery they uh one of my favorite songs they do is called alpha and the intro to it, it's kind of like a chip tune type sound before it gets into the to the rock in your face off thing so oh yeah. nice yeah there was a band called hella where they put a straight up chiptune song on their album before launching into some crazy math rock stuff <laughs> math rock i love it <laughs> cool yeah all right next question this is a two-parter comes from sean robinson uh, part one says how do you feel when someone ends a phone call without saying the equivalent of goodbye to you and instead just hangs up how would you feel if the same person chronically hung up without saying goodbye to you even though he or she isn't upset with you as far as you know i would just assume that they had a, a drop system uh or, or a dropped connection and just leave it at that i mean i've worked uh i've worked in customer service before where people definitely didn't want to say goodbye to you they just wanted to just hang up on your face and <laughs> slam the phone 
down as hard as possible. So I'm used to it, you know. It's not it's not a, a big deal. I don't think uh, it would bother me that much unless it was Nick. If Nick <laughs> did that to me, I could never forgive him, and oh, then I man. would have to leave the show and start my own spinoff podcast called Ask Aaron Why Nick Hung Up on Him. <laughs> Be a interesting show <laughs> it would be a single serving show where i just answered one question my uh my college roommate who's an amazing guy he uh every time he'd call me on the cell phone there would be no hello i'd be like hello he's like you gonna go to eat night I'm like yeah sure all right then you just hang up <laughs> and it, he, didn't, he didn't he didn't mean a thing by it but it, it, to this day he can call me on the phone and that stuff still happens so i don't know yeah all right it's not part- bad as, like friends that like put together those Back when people would put together those fake voicemails to trick you into thinking that they were having a conversation yeah, with you. Yeah, he did that too. <laughs> yeah, we all had that friend that would do that. And you like, you hear like uh, some music playing in the background. They're like, "Oh, hello, hey, I can't hear you. Let me let me turn this down. Oh, hold on, hey." And then you realize you've been had. She's like, "Ah, yeah. oh, dang it, I was just." Yeah. Oh, by the way, I'm not here. Leave a message to beep. Yeah, that's usually like, how ah! like, <laughs> the jerks. I fall for it every time. Yes. <laughs> All right. Part two. Uh, what are your family's customs around gift-giving holidays? Both your new family, wife and kids, and your old family, siblings and parents. What do you What do you do if you give a present and the present's recipient never uses it even by a year later? What do you do if someone says he, she doesn't want anything for his or her birthday or Christmas? Oh, Okay. Well, uh, I this is a lot to unpack. <laughs> so it's just myself and my kids now. Uh, I do have a girlfriend, but um, customs are say so, you know I try try to get a little tree if I can and uh, put presents under the tree and have stuff for the kids to unwrap. I don't go full out just because of allergies and stuff to trees yeah. and fallen. So uh, I usually do a fake tree. But I have done real trees before. But uh, yeah, I like like giving gifts. I like um, making gifts with the kids. I I love that they're into arts and crafts and making cards for people. And Christmas is no no exception. So I think that's um, one of our great things. We don't have anything like uh, all right. Who's gonna put the angel on the on top of the tree? You know, we don't have. <laughs> I don't think we really had strong traditions like that when I was a kid or, you know, I, I try to decorate a little bit. I, I admit I still live in kind of a bachelor apartment, so it is a little Spartan in here sometimes. But um, I try to I try to Christmas it up a little bit. What are my old family, um, people I grew up with, siblings and parents? Yeah, you know, we, we had traditions. We didn't always have a lot of money, but there were always presents under the tree and there you know a lot of wrapped presents a lot of christmas music i was always a big fan of christmas music I, <laughs> I smart, but um it's specifically people who work in retail i'm sure uh i i have no problems with christmas music bring it on but yeah this is like four questions in one yeah. okay so, <laughs> this is like it's like one of those like so how did you feel when they did this in this specific situation? Well, 
I don't know. You know, I'm 32. At this point, if someone doesn't like my gift, I just shrug and go on with my life. It's. I feel like at this point, it's. It's no skin off my back. It's not. It's not that big of a deal. Life is too short to get hung up on whether someone likes something you got them or not. They do. That's great. If not. You know, maybe they'll appreciate it later. Maybe they'll uh, look behind, uh, you know, maybe they'll just be digging through some stuff and say, hey, look, here's this present I never opened or looked at. Um, And maybe they'll find my gift in a time when they actually need it. So there you go. If someone did that to me, that's fine. It's not a big deal. Life is uh, bigger than... The gifts. The, the the true gift is the love we share with people, like the love that we try to share with you guys on the show. So, <laughs> physical, tangible objects are great. Um, I personally like to do creative things, like writing music. I like, uh, you know, just things that I can give people that it's not like, oh, let me look at this thing and just throw it away. But that's me. There, there's going to be different answers uh, depending on who you are. Good. I hope that answers. Whew, that got me thinking. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> Use the noggin there. They're starting to get real personal with these questions now, Aaron. <laughs> no. Dig, dig deep for that one. Yeah. All right. So we got two more. Uh, next one comes from Chris Vanderhoff. Chris says, seeing this is November and Thanksgiving is coming up. What games or game system are you most thankful for and why? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, right now, definitely the Sega Genesis. Um, especially having the EverDrive where I can play games like Jurassic Park Rampage Edition without having to go pick it up for some crazy price. Uh, I do appreciate that. Especially around the holiday season where money is tight. Um so, yeah, I just go with the Sega Genesis. I think most of my happiest childhood memories are related somehow to Sega Systems or like the year we got the Nomad, um, which kind of ties into this game too because uh, the first Jurassic Park game was way too dark. <laughs> and this game brightens it up and it's almost like it was made for a portable console just because it's just because the colors are a lot brighter. But that's something we will get into later. But what games am I most thankful for? This kind of goes along with uh, the the Christmas question. Games I'm most thankful for would probably fall in line with just games I love to play and go back to, which to me are games like Streets of Rage 2 and Shadowrun and um, Shining in the Darkness and Shining Force. Um, you know, things like uh, Lunar and Snatcher on the Sega CD and some arcade perfect ports on the 32X. 32X sadly does not have a lot of great games, but there are a few standout titles. So let me, before we end this with the final question, why don't I turn this over to you guys so you can answer Chris's question because he loves to do that anyway. Usually, Chris usually loves to say, can you ask your co-host the same question? So, Nick, Joe, what do you guys think? What are games that you are, are thankful for? 
Well, and, hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll go first real quick. Um, kind of a game and a system. I can kind of do a double take since I'm kind of dabbing in both of it. Uh, one of the most thankful games I've ever played, and I think I mentioned this on an old Retro Junkies episode, was probably Di- the very first Diablo. Uh, it kind of got me into RPGs, and if it wasn't for a game like that, I would never had played probably my all-time favorite game and the RPG anyways, like Skyrim and Fallout and games like that. So I, th- I think the first Diablo, not my favorite game of all time, but I think it was probably the most influential on me. It made me realize that, okay, maybe I do like some RPGs, but uh, after all, <laughs> and then, uh, I thought it was may- maybe I do like, uh, the, the Lord of the underworld a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I am evil. I don't know, but <laughs> am I evil? Old metal song. But, uh, <laughs> I think for a system, and I'm I'm just saying this because it's it's what I'm loving right now. I think the Switch is probably one of my favorite systems right now, and I think it's because it's kind of the time of my life I'm having right now, with uh, being a dad and not always having free reign to the TV or you know my my gaming has to be a little bit more strategic and creative. <laughs> I can sometimes you need to game on the can. I understand that that happens. Um, you know, my wife likes to drive, so if we're going on a long road trip, I play the Switch in the passenger seat. Uh, you know, if, if one of the kids has a computer and the other one has a PlayStation, I'm playing the Switch on the couch. So it's a very, uh, it's just a very nice little portable system that, uh, I just, I didn't get this kind of a joy out of my PSP or Vita or, or Game Boy. Um, it, it's a console quality at a uh, handheld feel. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm most thankful for right now. Awesome. What about you, Joe? Oh boy, this is a tough question. Uh, but, I'd say uh, probably Sonic the Hedgehog 2. It's probably my... Yeah, that's my, a great choice. Yeah, um, and it's kind of got like a little story behind it. Um, my grandmother won a Sega Genesis in this contest, and uh, I got it for Christmas when I was six. So, And it was bundled with Sonic 2. And uh, my parents wanted to also give me a couple of other games to go along with that. But I just remember her giving that to me and uh, was quite honestly pretty blown away we, we weren't the most uh you know rich family i don't know whenever we were you know like back in the day so you know that, that was just really cool and um i also re- also greatly recall uh playing a lot with uh, you know like just friends or like the babysitter even played sonic 2 with me a few times you know it, it was just cool so I, would, I guess i'd have to go with that awesome yeah those, those yeah. are that's a great choice there. So, uh, did we have any more questions? I thought we had one more. We have one more. It's from Timmy mm-hmm. Mac. And Timmy asks, with all the Spider-Man hype around the PS4 release, which I absolutely loved, what other Spidey titles have you enjoyed over the years? LJN had a few titles. And why am I the only one? <laughs> and why am I only Gambit in Arcade's Revenge? <laughs> Ooh. That is a curious question. Um, I'm kind of partial to the Sega CD Spider-Man game, partially because it has a rockin' soundtrack. But I also <laughs> like the uh, the Never... What was it? Neversoft? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. The, the games they put out, and then especially Spider-Man 2 on the PS2, just a really solid title. And I think there was a... There was an open world Spider-Man game that was really fun as well. I just can't remember the title, the, the name of it. But there have been fun Spider-Man games. NES one was kind of garbage. The first one on Game Boy that Rare did was actually pretty solid. 
uh, with a good I've David Wise. Never even played that. That sounds interesting. The Game Boy Color Spider-Man game is actually really solid, and I do enjoy that one. And uh, there's been a few more besides that, like the Game Boy Advance one. So I think most of the good ones are probably once you got to 30-bit, 32-bit, and on, you know, you can play Spider-Man on the Dreamcast. Um, you can play on the PlayStation and 64. I say go for the Dreamcast version because it looks yep. the best out of those ones. Agreed. I think Spider-Man 2 might have also been on the Dreamcast, but I can't remember. But yeah, those those are all pretty solid titles. Um, there is Spider-Man, uh, one of the rare, really rare titles. Um, Spider-Man Web of Fire. For the 32X? Yeah, for the 32X, yeah. and guess who developed it? Blue Sky Software. <laughs> this game we're talking about today, Segway, but not yet. <laughs> they did develop that game, and the only real knock against it is that it moves way too fast, um, and it's a little hard to control. But there was also a Spider-Man game on the Super Nintendo, um, only in Japan, called, I think it was Spider-Man, um, what was it? It's like Spider-Man Lethal Bows, which has a really interesting look. But the, probably the best Spider-Man, retro Spider-Man game, because, um, you know, the, the uh, there, there were a few on the Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. You know, you, you had um, Spider-Man versus Kingpin, which is pretty decent. Um, the, the one that's just called Spider-Man or Adventures, uh, the animated Spider-Man game, is not that great. And I talked about it um, on Geekvolution, actually, on YouTube, so you can check that out there. But if you ever get the chance, play, uh, play Spider-Man in the arcade, the Sega game, three-player Spider-Man game, it's pretty cool. And it was never ported to a home console. So, along with like Golden Axe, Revenge of Death Adder, those are just some of those lost Sega games that you really have to check out. There you go. Sweet. All right. Well, that does it we for. We did it. What's that? You said we did it. We did it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, my. So the next segment of the show <laughs> we're going to be talking all about this game that's one of the reasons we got joseph here so anyways let's jump right into that so uh aaron game on <laughs> game on and game on joseph game on game on yeah game on Sega! all right jurassic park rampage edition Ooh. um <laughs> Let's jump right into this. Memories of this game. I'm, I'm, I can make this short and quick. I actually didn't play this game until a couple years ago. Um, when I saw it on the shelf, I just kind of looked at it and thought, eh, NBA Jam, NBA Jam Tournament Edition, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park Rampage Edition. I don't see the difference. So I honestly yeah, never, that, I never played it. Same, <laughs> that was the same conclusion I came to. I thought, oh, it's, it's kind of like a... Well, we would call it DLC now, yeah, but yeah. it was just like, oh, this is just like an add-on where they add an extra mode. Turns yeah. out, it's pretty much, it's a full-fledged sequel, but we yeah, just is. didn't realize it. And I remember seeing like the posters and stuff and advertisements in Hollywood Video when the game came out, and I was interested, but I didn't know 
like I thought it was like a rental exclusive, and I thought that it was just going to be like a, oh, we added a new, a new dinosaur or something. It's kind of like when they change college textbooks around. It's like, oh, we just changed a few things. We changed <laughs> edition <a few> seventy, <laughs> right? And we're just charging you full price for a game that's not worth it. This game is a full-fledged sequel. They just couldn't... I don't think Lost World was out yet, to be honest. I don't think that uh, Michael Crichton had written Lost World, you know, the the sequel, to uh, the the game. So (laughs) Blue Sky was like, you know what? We've got this IP here. People are jonesing for more Jurassic Park. Sega's given us the green light. Let's make some more Jurassic Park, even though <laughs> we're flying blind with the story here and playing fast and loose with the the in-universe rules <laughs> of uh, Jurassic Park. <laughs> Very fast and loose. I think the, the game turns uh, Dr. Grant into Rambo, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> So, Joseph, did you have any memories of this one? I'm sure you Absolutely. did. Absolutely. Yes, I sure did. So, uh, when I moved to Arkansas, I became friends with a bunch of the kids in the neighborhood. And, um, uh, well, there were some brothers, Mitchell and Logan, and they happened to have Rampage Edition. And I only had the original Jurassic Park. So, we swapped games, you know, just to play through. And, uh, yeah. I had the original one, so they kind of got like, you know, the bad end of the deal, and I got <laughs> Rampage Edition. So <laughs> I played through and beat it, and, you know, of course we would swap back, and they were like, wow, yeah, this game was not very great. And I was like, yeah, well, your game was awesome, so there you go. <laughs> and, that's, uh, that's cool. Yeah. I always hated when you would trade, like, if you would straight up trade a game with a friend or something and you would get mm-hmm. like the crappy version now th- this happened to me when i was a kid i traded off uh, castlevania one for boy and his blob and uh I-, I didn't appreciate boy and his blob at the time but uh you know as a six-year-old seven-year-old kid i felt mm-hmm. like i was completely ripped off <laughs> i got you <laughs> all right so did qu- anyone notice that uh sorry real quick anyone notice that Do- dr grant in lost world I don't think he's in that book or movie much at all, if at all. Mm-hmm. And then in this sequel, it's pretty much it's a Dr. Grant fest. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. much Dr. Grant versus everyone. Versus the world. <laughs> if he's if you're on screen, if Dr. Grant's on screen, you better move out of the way or he's either going to shoot you or jump on you and ride you to the end of the level is what's gonna happen <laughs> see I, I know i'm in the minority here but like as far as michael Crichton work goes i'm a much bigger fan of uh eaters of the dead slash 13th warrior <laughs> i'm just not big i've not read I, either of those i've, I've uh, only read jurassic park and lost world actually and uh timeline uh, I, have you seen the 13th warrior movie though i've read the book too uh, uh, i have not uh, michael Crichton <laughs> yeah. movies are are definitely hit or miss outside of Jurassic Park. So, I'm just not big on dinosaurs, but anyways. My kids love it. Alright, so quick overview of this game. It was released in 1994. Uh, it was developed by Blue Sky, like we just talked about, uh, who did 
big games like Ninja Golf and Dick Tracy. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> Shadow Run, you know, that was a, one of the big ones I wrote down. And it was uh, published by Sega. So the sound composer, uh, Sam Powell, has a heck of a resume. I, we may have talked about this before. Um, and some of the things I'm just looking here, uh, just some cool games a lot of there's actually mario stuff in here mario early years which is kind of hilarious but uh nfl football with joe montana um original jurassic park virtual bart which i thought had some cool music in it uh, wing commander i thought that was cool uh, what else we got here wayne gretzky's hockey that's funny vector man vector our vector man 2 uh got uh, amazing spider-man web of fire like we just talked about uh king of Jr. slugfest a lot of everquest games um Minute to win it, <laughs> 2018, and something just as recent as 2014 for Shadowrun Dragonfall. So, very active guy here, Sam Pal is. And uh, the cost for this game, um, did you guys? Not, I know you're playing on EverDrive, Aaron, but uh, is this a game you've you've just had for a while, um, Joseph, or did you uh, buy this recently? Oh, uh, actually, I've had this copy for I don't know, about 10, 15 years. Okay. I found it at uh, Babbage's. Before it Bavages. was GameStop, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, I bought it for about five bucks loose from a local store, um, but as far as price charting goes, it has it listed for eight fourteen as a loose, sixteen dollars and two cents for a complete in box, and seventy three dollars and seventy seven seventy six cents for a new price. And uh, how much was it? What was the full price of it? Seventy three dollars and seventy six cents. Wow! <laughs> but that's uh in the package, right? Um, yeah. Complete sidebar, but have you guys noticed some price drops in retro games lately? Or is it just Absolutely. Me? Oh, that's great. <laughs> I've been yeah. picking up all kinds of crap. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't, like, I probably didn't it's... actually go game hunting in probably three or four months. I just got kind of burnt out. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm seeing all my retro stores uh, close by going half off price, half off prices. I'm like, nice. yeah. Yeah. So I hope that's a good trend for us. <laughs> for me, that's like uh, full price. So yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm waiting for half off of that. Yeah, like, (laughs) nice. So a quick synopsis, and then I'm going to let, we'll just jump right into this game. Um, I pulled this from Moby Games, of course. But it says, Jurassic Park Rampage Edition is the sequel to the first Jurassic Park game on Genesis, and mostly looks and plays like the predecessor. It is also a side-scroller. In this game, you play as Dr. Grant. The big difference with the first game is that there are more enemies to defeat. In addition to the dinosaurs, you have to defeat many engine agents. The reason is that they are trying to recapture dinosaur DNA and eggs to build a new park or an army of dinosaurs. So, there's a little overview of what this game's all about. So, let's jump right into this thing. Um, gameplay, what do you guys think? Well, oh, gameplay-wise, there is a noticeable <laughs> speed improvement in this game. The game runs almost feels like it runs twice as fast as the original game did and it's a lot less (laughs) buggy yeah so that i can definitely appreciate this feels like jurassic park one on steroids on steroids (laughs) yes yeah you guys will have to go back and listen to our jurassic park episode to hear what we really thought about that game so i I, I think we were split i I couldn't remember i I I called it it garbage good yeah Yeah, and i I called it it good but it was on the low end of good if i remember right good good bitch yeah 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 Yeah. that's about right yeah Yeah, like we said it's it's a side-scrolling game so uh um i know joseph more action in this game i would say yeah yeah and the levels just 
it's still a very short game. You can still blow through the whole game in an hour if you're you're pretty good and know the levels. But man, the levels are huge. Yeah. And there's only uh, what? It's the same setup. You play as Grant or the Raptor, but there's not that. The story's a little less in depth in this game, and there's no sense that there's no big bad and. Uh, Engine boss, you know, from the whatever the name of the company is, uh, InGen, yeah. There, there's no big bad from that company, uh, and there's no. I think the end bosses are kind of weird. There's no like sense of why you're fighting them. Like, I think Grant's final boss is uh, just a T-Rex out of nowhere, and then yeah. I want to say the Raptor's final boss is like. <laughs> there's some really interesting. Th- choices in this game like having the final boss almost like shadow link it's shadow raptor <laughs> uh which, which is great or the fact that one of the settings are like lost ruins like we're suddenly playing an indiana jones game um so it's the setting is a lot different from the original yeah. game set. and it's just a lot brighter everything is a little clearer to understand um, I'm still a little split on which character I like to play more. It really depends on what level I'm playing on. Like, if I'm playing the Atrium level, uh, give me the Raptor any day with his double jump, somersault, <laughs> sonic move, and his ability to just stomp on people and tail whip. Because the thing I don't like is when you play as Grant, first level... I mean, you can pick the level, but when you're playing that that level, the atrium or the uh, actuary or whatever it is, um, the problem with that level is that you're lifted up by a pterodactyl, I think, who just flies you to the top level, and it takes forever. It feels like it takes like 30 seconds just to get you from... They, they want to show you the scale of the level. It's like, why not just start me at the top of the level? That would have been great. <laughs> Yeah, um, about the pterodactyl, did you realize that like you can actually kind of control it? Yeah, I noticed that you could move him around and, uh, and avoid uh, the engine soldiers shooting at you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you could also navigate to pick up some, uh, you know, get, get some ammunition and things, which this oh, yeah. game has no shortage of. I, I didn't play it on hard, but... Man, when I played it on normal and easy, there sure was a lot of pickups. Oh yeah, that 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 stage in particular was just hectic as all get out. And I know my my youngest son was playing that, and he's like, I don't want to play this stage anymore because every time he <laughs> get just like a little bit, a little bit of progress, just a little bit, he'd be taken right back to the nest. And he'd start getting all mad. But um, yeah, it was, that was a hectic stage. I I thought that was probably my least favorite one. That's as you go, but uh, um. So how about like the stage selection? I, I, I like that in video games. Yeah. It, it doesn't, oh, yeah. it doesn't like give you a stage selection. one, stage two. Yeah. So that's pretty back cool. back to Mega Man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like being able to, I think you get to pick from the first three levels yeah. and then there are two additional stages that are kind of in different orders depending on if you're the Raptor or Grant. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it does break up the flow a bit. Um, I think it was cool having a an outside level where you're kind of like if you're Grant, you you jump on a dinosaur and he goes yeehaw like he's a cowboy, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is just one of the many 
really interesting choices in this game where it's much more of a spectacle and a blockbuster where it's like you're they've turned him into an action hero like you expect him to rip off his shirt and you see like these <laughs> giant muscles and him like with what, a cigar hanging out of his mouth what did you call him <laughs> earlier like he turned into rambo is that what you said yeah he's totally <laughs> he, he's totally dr grant rambo now Definitely, and and the raptor is like Rambo's son because he's just like he's like Rambo also, just just in dinosaur form and being able to double jump. I'm I'm surprised they didn't give him like lasers that fire out of his eyeballs. <laughs> there should be a hack for that. There really <laughs> should. Probably some of the things, the, the, the physics, the the ability to double jump in this game, they throw an all sense of reality out of the game which i'm fine with i mean i i like that level where you're running through the an open field i think that was missing from the first Jurassic park having these wide open spaces uh like that you know like your favorite dixie chick song yeah <laughs> See, i was saying to run through the stage and i don't know about you guys but that stage was much better to play with the with the dinosaur than with grant because there are parts where you had to duck uh, and and but if you were just the raptor, you could just double jump and, and clear so, the the was, wall and be fine. I was so I, bad I liked, at the I was so bad at the ducking. My my youngest kept yes. saying, "Daddy, you got to duck." And I'm like, "Ah, I just want to go." <laughs> uh, I, I like the sense of speed. I just didn't like the whole having to duck part. So don't don't give me these barriers. I I like to crash through them. I don't need this in my life. I did like fighting the helicopter. I just I just wish it was almost like this is a great setup for a level. It's like a chase sequence almost. But then why I think that level could have been an auto scroller level is what I feel like. But it also could have used a little more variety in that I feel like once you've faced off against the same three enemy types, the level just kinda repeats itself. You face off against three of the same helicopter, you avoid some more barriers, and then the level's over. Have you guys noticed that the levels in this game just kind of end? Just end, yeah. Like, yes. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> just like, oh, I guess the level's over, and you're suddenly on the map screen, and that's it. There's no. Oh, I, you completed the level. Congratulations. I, f I found myself humming the uh, like the level completion tune from Contra, like the. <laughs> nice. You gotta kind of add your own little tune there, right? <laughs> yeah. So I have a question for you guys. I have an answer. <laughs> on the, so on the, uh, I guess like on the level where you have to jump on the Gallimimus and you trod your way across. Have you guys so like did you guys ever not jump on the Gallimimus and just and just kind of like you know hoof it? Yes, I tried that and just realized, yeah. oh wow, it's Grant. a pain, isn't it? <laughs> He might have had a few too many chili dogs because uh, <laughs> yeah. can't catch up. Yeah, you can do it if you mm -hmm. want to play the game for four hours. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, yeah. It takes a minute. <laughs> Talk about a variety of weapons that Grant gets. Man, goes insane. He's got dart guns. He's got a oh, shotgun. He's one of the coolest weapons in any game. You just just shoots an electric arc yeah. that only kills dinosaurs. Incinerates and, 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 them, like, right? <laughs> is that the one you're talking about? Yes. 
<laughs> you know your standard uh, grenades and got a flamethrower, a rocket launcher, even got a shotgun. But to me, it's it's pretty much all about that shock rifle. That's what I'm a big fan of. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the, the things that you could pick up, the fact that you could pick up a candy bar, is just funny to me. I forgot yeah. what it was in the game. It was some sort of like turkey or something, or like a chicken yeah. you could pick up. And this one, it's a candy bar. I, I, I do have to say, there's something very, very satisfying about taking a helicopter down with a dart gun, right? Yep. It's <laughs> pretty awesome. This game has a point system, too, so you can actually collect things like uh, an egg, the, there's like an embryo container, DNA sample. There are things, there's just so many collectibles in this game. It's that type of game where it's just like a collectathon. You can pick up all sorts of things. Uh, if you know where to look, and and there are a lot of hidden areas and and secrets galore in these stages. <laughs> so that's on the grant side. Um, did you guys notice when you're the raptor? Well, of course your move sets different, your weapons are different, but think of that berserker power up. The fact that you could pretty much eat. Uh, was it like a? It was almost like a bomb. I can't remember what it was. Um, it it was lice. That's what it was. So there's yeah. lice, and it shows up in grant stages too. But they just hurt you. It's like an explosive. But uh, if if you eat enough lice, then you go into like the berserker mode in Doom, and or the or the rampage mode. Oh, ramp. <laughs> The eponymous title. It's like the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I enjoy that part. I wish it lasted longer. But the game gives you ample opportunities to get those power-ups, especially in the uh, in the open air stage. There's two open air stages. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like a few open air stages. There's one that I think takes place on a giant boat mm -hmm. uh, the cargo ship yeah there's the, the cargo ship i where do you guys come down as far as like what levels you prefer to do as which character because like i struggled with the atrium level as the raptor because i had a hard time figuring out how to complete the stage Let's see, as Grant, I preferred the cargo ship first, and then I'll go to the Avery, and then I would go to the Savannah. Yeah. And as the Raptor, I think, I would do the Avery first, because it was like the most annoying. Yes. And then I'd do the Savannah. Savannah's the, the open. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah. And then I just kind of pick something from there. I'm. I don't really recall. Like, I, I guess we like like last one that was open. I like the uh, hidden ruin stage quite a bit as the raptor. Uh, it wasn't a bad stage. I liked uh, the secrets that you kind of uncover and the fact that it doesn't quite feel like it fits in with the Jurassic Park world. But you know, sure, yeah. <laughs> why not? <laughs> and as Grant, it's it's not a terrible level. It's just very. On a, there's some very annoying parts to it, and uh, 
I feel like that you can easily get uh, destroyed <laughs> about halfway through the level. It's just there's just so many enemies. Yes, the game does not have any problem with just throwing random enemies at you, and of course you're gonna have the annoying flying creatures coupled with the human enemies, which weren't in the first game. Uh, human enemies that can shoot at you, can fly on zip lines and fly by and shoot you. Um, so there's lots of ways to die in this game. <laughs> but yeah, there's just so many weapons as, as, as you know, Dr. You know, as Dr. Grant and there's the whole new, uh, you know, jump and spin, uh, attack for the Raptor. So it's kind of, kind of fair, kind of. Yeah. And you can ride a triceratops. Right. A first game. <laughs> Speaking of a Triceratops, what does a tr Triceratops sit on? Hmm. It's Triceratops. Mm. <laughs> oh, nice. Ah, <laughs> oh, dad jokes. Okay. <laughs> well, I think I got one here for you. Uh oh. <laughs> what do dinosaurs use on the floors of their kitchens? I don't know. Reptiles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, man. You can tell I like these jokes. <laughs> if, if, uh, if you have a dinosaur-related emergency, who should you call? The Triceracops. Nice. <laughs> have you guys seen that uh, it's a Disney movie called Meet the Robinsons? There's like a yes. Uh, there's a dinosaur, yeah. like a T-Rex, is being controlled, and he gets stuck in that little side. And he's like, "I got tiny arms, and I can't." <laughs> Try to reach. I can't remember what the quote was, but that was funny. Go watch that. So, uh, how about the controls of the game? What'd you guys think? Well, I, I'm. They're not perfect. This isn't like it, it, and it's interesting. This it feels like an evolution of the first game. The controls yeah. are better. You still have some weird issues with slopes. And um, places where you can jump, but it's overall better. Um, it's not quite as tight as, say, Vector Man, which Blue Sky went on to make later. Yeah, but but it's halfway in between. Well, and like you said, I think they were serviceable. I, I never felt like I never got mad at my or mad at the game for you know missing a jump or something. I always felt like it was pretty fair when it, when I would miss a platform and the. Um, I don't know. I, I, I didn't think the controls were bad at all. I thought the uh, the attack was pretty responsive when I was shooting down helicopters with my dart guns and uh, you know, incinerating <laughs> things with the with the sweet guns. But uh, I don't know. I was a little disappointed. Speaking of guns, with the shotgun, I'm always a big fan of shotguns in video games, and shotgun didn't quite do it for me in this one. But uh, it just it and the sound effect just yeah yeah. Maybe there were some cool like dinosaur samples and the sound of people dying when you trample them as a, as a raptor yeah. but I think I was just disappointed by the gun sounds because you could tell they weren't real samples they were just sounds <laughs> generated by the Sega and so they just kind of have this like uh, someone opening a Pringles can type <laughs> kind of this funny popping noise that doesn't sound like much okay as a kid I loved the machine gun sound not gonna lie thought it was pretty cool <laughs> Hey, Nick, we can never have Joe back on the podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. The machine gun does sound better than the, the shotgun, which yeah. I just don't think 
that as much of an oomph as you need for that type of sound. My least favorite was probably the flamethrower. Just kind of, I don't know. It was just kind of out there to me as a sound. Yeah, it's the the sound in this game is is hit or miss. I thought the the T Rex roar was pretty cool at the very beginning. I, I missed the, the burping Sega. No, what was it? It's more like a, it was a dinosaur kind of trying to say Sega in the first mm-hmm. game. That yep. was cool. Yeah, and there's there a whole the, there's some things where they put a lot more effort into it, and then other things where it's like they didn't put any cutscenes in this game, and it shows. Oh yeah, and there. It, it, there was definitely like budget sequel to the first game. There was definitely uh, dying cat sounds in the music. By the way, just want to make sure. Yes. Get that oh yeah, for sure. Uh, the music <laughs> was uh, composed by Mark Twang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's wow. Wow. Mark anyway. Twain. There was one level where it's like there's these cool keyboard wow. stabs. And you like a, yeah, and then you hear like a. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> and like uh, a... <laughs> yeah, and you and you'd hear like uh, this composer, he sent some cool stuff for like Zatara, yeah. but for this game, it's just like a lot of like minimalist tribal beats and then some random keyboard stabs and then uh some like bluesy stuff thrown in for good measure that just does not fit with the epic scope of Jurassic Park, you think of like a John Williams score and it does not <laughs> translate at all to Sega Genesis. <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's a it's a hard task. I give it that. It's hard to do orchestral music on the Sega Genesis anyways. So we'll just do some um, guy banging on a tin can and <laughs> some dying cat noises. It, it works. Yeah. It just kind of makes you it's wonder. It's not the worst soundtrack, to be honest, but it's not the best by far. Yeah. Well, I was just gonna say, like, it, it just kind of makes you wonder. I guess if they like even like had the rights to the actual music by John Williams, you know? Oh, I doubt it. I yeah. doubt it because there's not a whiff of that. Not like when every Star Wars game has the rights to use the Star Wars music and adapt it for the games. You can tell they didn't. It was like Sega got the license to the property, but they didn't mm-hmm. get any of the license to the music from the movies which might have had to have been licensed separately right like when when the star wars games were put out i mean they were done by lucas arts so they already had that they didn't have to jump through any hurdles to get the rights to any music it was it was their own intellectual property so it was fine so, I mean, you know, like, with that said, it, in a way, it's kind of serviceable. It's just not the best. Yeah, it, it works. It's a licensed property. It's not yeah. not the worst. The, the worst licensed music I've probably heard on the system belongs to the last action hero, <laughs> which is just one yeah. annoying, looping guitar riff. <laughs> Lots of cool spin kicks, though. I'll never forget that. Yes. That was a cool spin kick I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> but like when you get to the savannah level you're just like oh this is where the game opens up there should be like a really cool chase sequence music it should sound like the movie speed or like uh metal gear solid which is the same music and you can just hear like these pounding drums and some cool bass but no you you get a 
I wonder what that's supposed to be, you know? Is that like a dinosaur coming at you? All suspenseful. Yeah, no, it's just a really gassy dinosaur. Wow. <laughs> I just want to, like, play keyboard and just, just have that sound. Nothing else. Yes. Aaron, Aaron, you need to make... That's what you need to do on your next album. Just call it Dying Cat. And I want to hear a whole composition of chip tunes and nothing but that sound. You, you could make it sound good, though. I know you would. I, <laughs> I could have a chorus of Dying Cat. <laughs> you could, like, call it Bubsy. Bubsy. We didn't even talk about that. There's there's a new Bubsy game coming oh, out, geez. and it actually looks good. No, no, it does, legit. It? No, I know. It's from the same developer that, that did the Runner games, and so it looks like it's going to play like those. And the music's done by my buddy, Grant Henry, so... That part's going to be good. What's not going to be so great is the fact that they brought the same voice actor back, or Accolade did, so that's <laughs> annoying, awesome. bubsy voice acting. <laughs> so the game's going to be uh, great, except for the whole fact that it stars a character named Bubsy. <laughs> you could always name that song uh, Nick's Nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? You got to make that song happen, though, man. It's going to happen. <laughs> Alright. So what else we got? We did uh, graphics. We didn't talk much about that. I thought the graphics were good. I, it, yeah, you, upgrade. I yeah. thought it was upgrade in the first game. Well, even in the first game, I thought weren't bad. If that, no, I, no, I, I'd, I'd have to go back. Photorealistic. I really, I really hope I'm not contradicting myself. I should listen to the old episodes, but I, I'm pretty sure I said the graphics were good in the last one. So I, Yeah, I, Graphics are pretty solid. Uh, some of the animation's still kind of stiff in this game. They yeah. just sped everything up a little bit. Yeah. Um, there, there's a little bit of stiff animation. Um, but I really do like... Everything kind of has a black outline now. I was going to say that. Comic book look. It's kind, it's kind of like playing... What is it? Street, Street Fighter 4? Where they put black outlines on everything? Yeah. yeah it yeah. gives it a different touch. Which makes the game... F- feel different than the first game and sets it apart a bit it wasn't wasn't a bad move i think uh i think the coolest effect you see in this game is you're playing as grant you get to the final area of the game you're in the boat and i thought the waterfall effects were really neat and then uh the t-rex kind of running by you trying to eat you (laughs) trying to eat you trying to eat you (laughs) one of the easiest bosses ever but that's okay. I think you just throw a few grenades at him, and he's he's, he's okay. He's satisfied. <laughs> you can go. And the game just kind of ends. Mm-hmm. Like congratulations, you have won. A cue cutscene of you going out to sea. The end. The end. <laughs> no context ending. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, what did you think of the graphics, Joe? I must say, now that you mention it, yeah, the water in general was really cool. Um, the level where you are, uh, like, next to the last level, I guess, is Grant, when you are uh, in your boat and you're going through, you know, like, uh, the waterfall is awesome. Um, it just seemed like, you know, again, back to the graphics, you know, you kind of have, like, the speed improvement, too. It's just nice. It seems like that there's... A few more frames 
of animation than on the last game in a way. So I don't know. I think it's kind of just like a like a solid win as far as this the sequel goes. Yeah, graphically for the time, it was on par with a lot of Sega games released around that year, around '94. So, so I, I thought it was it was good. Um, it's interesting that there's this is ostensibly a sequel to Jurassic Park, but then there was also a Lost World Jurassic Park game released later on the Sega Genesis. So it's kind of funny that there's three Jurassic Park games on the Sega. Yeah, and it's also kind of funny that like a lot of people don't really know about that game. Um, and it's actually going up in value, too, which is even more insane. Yeah, it's a, and it plays a bit different. It's a top-down game. Yeah, maybe we should cover that one sometime. Yeah, maybe we should cover that one right now. No, I <laughs> we'll, we'll cover it another time when we can actually sit down and play it. But I think it was yeah. one of the last games released for the console. So it's... Not as well known. I don't think many people have played it. I think a lot of people moved on from the Sega Genesis by 97 when it was released. Yeah, I had caught it at a Toys R Us. Um, that, so there was like a demo playing, and of course I'm with my grandmother, and I'm like, hey, there's a, another Jurassic Park game. And she goes, oh, cool. Might have to, that you know, like maybe add that to your Christmas list. And lo and behold... I got that one too. Yeah. Did you ever play the Jurassic Park game on Sega CD? I remember us renting it. Mm-hmm. I and played it. Was it. Really interesting because it was more like a point-and-click miss style game. Yes. I thought it was going to be so. Child me thought that it was going to be more like the, you know, like the original Jurassic Park game, and uh, you know, just slightly improved graphics or whatnot. And what I got was totally different. Yeah, it wasn't a terrible game, but it was definitely no. different than what I expected. It was like when I played Cadillacs and Dinosaurs <laughs> on like the CD. We, we owned it. I was like, oh, this is going to be like, uh, I knew about the arcade game, which is like a really cool Capcom beat-em-up, and it's nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, the only downside to that game to me personally is that it's, I think it's time-based. It's time-based, and it is really hard. Yeah, yeah, super difficult. Uh, yeah, Sweet. I had to pick up the like a uh, like one of the Sega Genesis Hidden Secrets uh, guides from back in the day to to like like actually have a shot at that Sega CD game because parts of that game were just insanely difficult and it wasn't very linear at all. So you know, not cool there. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Let's see, we covered what? Uh, controls, uh, graphics, sound. Did we cover... Hmm. Did So, when this game came out, were you guys in full like Jurassic Park mania? Where you just had to have everything Jurassic Park related? Not me. Like I mentioned, I'm just... Something about dinosaurs, I just don't get real excited about. So, I'm, I'm definitely not one to yeah, talk about. they're before your time. Before you, haha, land before time. But <laughs> I didn't have that cartoon. The little yes. foot guy, yeah, that's a yeah. sad movie. Sad movie. Nice. How about you, Jay? Were you were you like You're oh, dinosaurs? Batman. Yes, yes, I was all about dinosaurs <laughs> and Batman. That was well, Batman's cool. Batman's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like 
doing a pop-up dinosaur book pop-up grade we had to do like a, a history report and that was the first time I learned about the concept of plagiarism and why it was bad. Because I think, like, I just, I freaking just, I copied a bunch of information on dinosaurs, like, straight out of encyclopedia. But I also learned, like, how to reword things. So it didn't sound like you were doing that. So I still got an A. But, uh, yeah, that was my first exposure to this is why you shouldn't copy people. Nice. <laughs> yes. And it happened to be about dinosaurs. Yeah, I was a, I was a fan of... Uh, I was a fan of the Jurassic... It was weird. I played the Jurassic Park games well before I saw the Jurassic Park movie. I might have talked about this on the last Jurassic Park show we did. I didn't see the first Jurassic Park movie until 2007. 2008. Whoa. And I read the books well before then so i'd seen bits and pieces of the first movie when it would come on tv but no i'd never seen the entire movie until 2007 so i feel like i had a different experience where i was exposed to the jurassic park games and the books well before um watching the first movie it's great and entertaining as it is and to that point i still haven't seen Jurassic Park uh, 3 or 4 or World or World 2 whatever it's called Jurassic World I haven't seen any of those no and I love uh, Chris Pratt and I just I, I, yet again I just don't have much of a desire to watch it I don't know what it is <laughs> weird I think we covered Jurassic Park on a uh, old episode of the 90s entertainment show and I can't remember what I said about it I'm sure I said I enjoyed it but it's just not something I want to go out and get all excited about Hmm. You know, we say a lot of things we regret. So, yeah, thanks. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny that it, there's all these archives out now. I'm sure you feel the same way, Aaron, about just things you've said on on the internet for yes. four or five years now, and I'm just like, I can't remember it all. I'm sure I'm contradicting and, myself. And, and uh, I'm just glad, unless someone could find a copy of me saying, "Stop talking." Stop <laughs> talking. <laughs> that was the best. I, I think that's just one of those collective memory things. Like we remember the time that showed up on the podcast before Nick edited it. So it's just part of our collective history. Oh, <laughs> so uh, speaking of uh, such history, is this archived anywhere? Yeah, this will be archived. Well, it's a Genesis Gems podcast, so it'll uh, be. I, I think I've removed it. There's a, probably a few people out there who downloaded it. And then, oh uh, yeah, that that particular podcast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If anyone out there has that, send us that sound clip because I, I kind of just edited it out and didn't think much about it, and it slowly turned into like this famous memory of our show. So yeah, some someone needs to uh, someone needs to uh, send that to us. Yeah, 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 for sure. Cool. Well, I think we've covered everything. Unless you guys have something big you want to go uh, talk about, uh, I think that. Uh, oh, look, no. look, did, did we, we talk? I didn't did we... mention who the actual composer was. I just I made up a fake. Sam Powell. Sam Powell. Sam Powell. did a lot of music for Blue Sky. Blue Sky, yeah, and King Griffey Jr. Slugfest. But, uh... And much later, <laughs> Shadowrun returns. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. All right. Well, let's do another segue. Let's talk about some achievements. Retrofitted yes. achievements. 
the Channel for Strength Network Forward Achievements. So, uh, I've only got two. How many of you all have? I've got three. Nice. Let's see. I have two. Good. I'm not in last place. <laughs> all right. So, let's go around the circle here. I'll, I'll start with my first one. Uh, my first one is Bullseye, and that's taking down a chopper with a dart gun. Who would have thought? Only in this game. <laughs> <laughs> my first achievement is... Uh, Law and Justice, which is beating the game as Grant and Raptor, because that's my nickname for them. You got Law on one hand and Justice on the other. So <laughs> that's awesome. Kind of like Chuck Norris. That's what he's named his uh, his legs. Yeah, Chuck Norris is the whole reason dinosaurs are extinct, right? I'm sure there's a joke somewhere about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let's see. My first one is Cargo. Um, haul, as in he haul, because he does the whole, uh, yeah, he like shouts that <laughs> when he gets a one up, or or and or an extra life. Um, if you can get the hidden uh, extra life on the on the cargo ship level, cool. Um, which I'm sure you guys might have found right. Um, it's actually uh, you have to jump on like this like damage antenna, and then you can jump on the like a smokestack. And that gets you an extra life there. Good deal. Um, my second and last one is Duck Duck Goose, and that's uh, doing really really bad at ducking under all the uh, the things when you're riding the dinosaur. <laughs> and my nice. have my youngest son yell at me because I'm not ducking good enough. So yes, yeah. I got knocked off the the dino so many times. But you know, <laughs> dinosaurs in this game are just very patient. Yeah, right. It's wait there for you to jump back on. Yeehaw! But come on now. Uh, so, uh, my next one is uh, a kind of a reference to Tempest 2000, which is Eat Electric Death. <laughs> and uh, one of my personal favorite games, actually. And that's zapping bad guys and dinosaurs with a shock rifle. Because... Dr. Grant is the shock master in this game. <laughs> Bring it up full circle, buddy. That's right. <laughs> Let's see. My second one is up, up, and away. And that is uh, die, by getting pick, die by getting picked up by the pterodactyls in the Avery. Nice. nice. Yeah. Did you have any more, Nick? Or were you just... Nah. That was it. That was okay. it for me. Okay, so my... Uh, third one here maybe last was a doctor strange love or how i learned to stop worrying and love the bomb and that's uh (laughs) eat enough lysine which seems like a bomb power-up thing uh to go full on rampage mode (laughs) as our favorite raptor or as i call uh justice justice yes And I had one more, but it was stupid, and I don't know if I'm gonna say it. But you know, do I'll it. Say oh, come on, do oh, it. Oh, do okay. it. Do it. Uh, Let's do it. I'm a cowboy, baby, which is <laughs> cowboy. <laughs> yes, and that's uh, hopping on the dinosaur and the savanna stage, and uh, kid rocking up and Yeehaw! down the stage. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Ah, oh, kid rock. All right, guys. Let's ask the big question. We know Kid Rock's not a gym. 
But is Jurassic Oof. Park Rampage Edition a gym? Is this game a Genesis gym? Is it good or is it garbage? Uh, so the Moby rank on this, the critic score, has it a 63 out of 100. And uh, one notable review comes from GamePro from October of 1994. And uh, GamePro gave it a 70 out of 100. And it says Jurassic Park, or whatever it is, probably a 7. What do they have, 4 out of 5 or something? Anyways, it would say uh, Jurassic Park was a great title on many platforms. This attempt to cash in on the movie's fame, however, is side-scrolling medi- mediocrity. Plenty of work for the thumbs, but not for the brain. If that sounds like you, then park it here. That's kind of mean. <laughs> yeah, there, there's yeah. not really wow. any puzzle solving in this game, uh, which there was a little bit in the first game. But that's not a bad thing. Yeah. So uh, let's see what the listeners think. We post a uh, question for the listeners, and we do this on the group page at facebook.com slash group slash Gems. And let's see what the listeners had to say about this. First one comes from Timmy, Timmy Mac. Timmy says, It's probably mostly nostalgia, but I enjoy this game. Jurassic Park was such a huge part of my childhood. This version is definitely better than the original in my mind. I'd say Jim. Uh, Christopher Kellogg says, Good, but closer to garbage. Uh, next one comes from Trevor Franklin. Trevor says, We covered this on episode 34 of Retro Blist, and I think it's, de- it's the definition of good. Definitely not Jim material, but certainly not garbage. On the same episode, we covered We're Back for Super Nintendo. Now there's a scary dinosaur game. Uh, Andrew Coed says, I played the first Jurassic Park game quite a bit. It is not great, but I kind of liked it. I don't think I ever played this one. I thought it was just another re-release of the first one with an added raptor character. I have since been told it's essentially a sequel with a lot of different stages, game mechanics, and more. I will be curious to hear what the gemsters think. I am willing to be convinced to pick it up. Don't lead me astray. <laughs> love the life you live. Live the life you love. Uh, I love that sign off. <laughs> Daniel Walker says this game is a total gem. I loved every. I loved everything dinosaur and Jurassic Park related as a kid. I had the first game, and when I heard that there was a Rampage edition, I had to have it. I remember being disappointed that the game came in a cardboard box instead of the clamshell case most earlier Genesis games were in. But as far as gameplay goes, I wasn't let down at all. Uh, Jackson Sinal says nostalgia. Nostalgia goggles on, it's a gem. During his production run, absolute gem. As of today, just good. Uh, Jim Jones says, Jim as a boy, garbage as an adult. I have dropped my rose-tinted nostalgia goggles playing this one. Uh, Sean Robinson says, must not compare to toilet scene, but not, must not compare to toilet scene, must not compare to a toilet scene. But then again, I haven't played it. <laughs> uh, Michael Kelsa says, dinosaurs aren't scary, neither is Rampage. <laughs> Talking about our Halloween. This game is probably the least scary Jurassic <laughs> yeah. Park game you can play. <laughs> and then uh, the last one comes from Chris Vanderhoff. Chris says, I love the Jurassic Park game on the Genesis. It's a gem for me. All right. So there are a lot of gems there. I was kind of shocked, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but um, So I rated the first Jurassic Park game garbage. And I think this game's better. So, and I was kind of on the on the fence about garbage and uh, good for the first one. So I'm gonna go ahead and say this game's good. Uh, I definitely had a good time playing it. Um, my kids enjoyed it. They had fun kind of going around shooting stuff. Uh, definitely some flaws. Like I said, the controls were good, but I felt like things were just a little bit too crazy on the screen. Um, the you know the pterodactyl stage was a little annoying with the kids, and I also wasn't a big fan of it. But uh, yeah, as 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 a game goes, I think it's good. I think it's just good. I'll play it again. It's definitely in my collection, and it's something I'll pick up again in the future. But uh, 
not gem status. I think a lot of it has to do with just being a dinosaur game. Just not into that whole thing for me. But uh, yeah, just good for me. What do you guys think? Uh, for me, it's just good. I don't think it achieves gem status. I think it. There are a few things that definitely set it apart from the first game. I would say better controls, uh, slightly better variety and level design. But there is still some rehashing, like the fact that you have a yet another river level that plays exactly the same. Uh, the controls are just mostly better. Um, everything's a little brighter and easier to, to see and, and make out. Um, so I would say it's overall a better game than the first Jurassic, Jurassic Park. But it still has some pitfalls that keep it from being a gem for me, which is one is the length. It's not a very long game, even though you can play as two separate characters. You're still playing through the same levels in a slightly different way. Um, I did enjoy the fact that you could double jump as Raptor. I liked having the, the rampage mode. I liked the variety of weapons for grants. But it feels like once you've seen what this game has to offer, they, they, the set pieces just aren't that thrilling in this game as they should be, I think. Where you think of a game like Contra, where it's moment to moment, there's always something exciting happening on screen, where there's so much attention to detail put into uh, this game that you want to go back and, and keep playing it. With this game, it's like they've got one foot there, but it can't quite match the intensity of Contra or even a, a Vector Man. They they quite hadn't they hadn't quite mastered that yet. The sound design isn't quite there for me. It doesn't feel like Jurassic Park so much as just uh, someone banging on some bongos and uh, <laughs> making funny cat noises. Uh, so overall, it's it's just good for me. Um, I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. But I would say it's an above, slightly above average uh, title for the Sega Genesis. Certainly better than a lot of other licensed platformers. And not as much as, as a cash-in on the franchise uh, as, as a lot of games were around that time. So just, just good for me. Oh boy. Uh, well, <laughs> I guess I'll be the odd man out. I'm going to say it's a gem, and I'll tell you why. Uh, for starters, it's probably, and spoiler alert here, it's probably the best Genesis uh, Jurassic Park game. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I'd agree with that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and I feel like that there really wasn't a better Jurassic Park game until Operation Genesis, which came out on PC, Xbox, and PS2. Funny Operation Genesis. I just... Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, like when Terminator Genesis came out and like made me think of the Sega Genesis. Oh my goodness, yes, and it'll spill. It'll spill all weird too. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, I, I guess I do have a lot of nostalgia glasses on, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I guess I have a whole lot of memories with the game as well, and. So I, I guess I'm kind of biased, but I do feel like it, it's it's a gem. So I'll just say that. Well, I think two goods and a gem would probably put it in the good category, but probably a little yeah. better in our ranking than yeah. a lot of. 
well, I'd be okay with like better than the first Jurassic Park. Yeah, so I think it's a good time to lay the gavel down. We'll call this one just good. And let's see where it falls on the list. I'll pull the list up here. I so, kind of had a, an idea of where I wanted it, and I'll see me where you guys match up on it. So, so we currently have the first Jurassic Park, uh, number 56. It's good. It's right above Bubsy, right below Home Alone. Um, a few spots up, and this is just my opinion, a few mm-hmm. spots up is Mazen Saga Mutant Fighter. That's at number 52. I don't think it's as good as that, but I think it's better than WWF Super WrestleMania at number 53. Yeah, I can agree with that. I was going to put it right below Haunting Star and Poltergeist. Um, And and it's right around there quality-wise for me with X-Men. For some reason, I see Mazen below X-Men, but I'd I'd probably rank too. above X-Men a little bit. I'd probably put X-Men below Home Alone, to be honest with you. But uh, I don't know. The more I'm looking at this list, but yeah, I I think. So yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, I I wouldn't mind putting it um, maybe right below Mason. That's that's fine by me. All right, so let's do that. Jurassic Park Rampage Edition is now the new number fifty-three, uh, followed by WWF Super WrestleMania f- hit uh, fifty-four and Jerry Glanville's Pigskin Foot Brawl. 55. <laughs> we have a surprisingly <laughs> low amount of garbage games on our list. Uh, just, yeah, you no. know, for all of our like memories of playing these games, they were just so bad. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that we've only got seven garbage games. Uh, there, uh, there. We're going to have to uh, step up our garbage. That soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Drive by the nearest landfill. Hopefully soon I'll have the website updated a little bit better. <laughs> I haven't put the newest list on there, so my apologies. Getting a little behind. So, uh, yeah, we've got 69 games on the list now. Uh, even though this is episode 73, we've had a few special episodes. So, pretty cool. We're keep trucking along with this whole Genesis Gems thing. So, yeah. So, um, something we forgot to do, Joe. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure that you get a chance to... Uh, I used to call it promote yourself, but uh, is there anything you want to tell the listeners out there? Kind of what you do in the in the retro game world, or I know you do some repros, and want to make sure you have uh, plenty of chance here to uh, share about that. Yeah, uh, I'm just making a few reproduction game cartridges. Um, I started this endeavor about a year ago, and I've been um, yeah, just I've been doing this on my own, just tackling it, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it started out as a hobby and it's slowly kind of become, a, you know, a small little business, you know, thing on the side. And, uh, well, let's see. I'm also a game collector. I love Sega games. Probably my favorite platform. Um, yeah, that's pretty much about me. Cool. Yeah, and, uh, uh, Joseph actually, uh, did some deals with Aaron and I and we got some pretty cool games. I got, a uh, Crusader Sinti, which has been awesome repro-wise, and... Um, what else we get? We got the uh, Sonic uh, 3D and oh, what was the other one? I'm looking at it right now. Let's see, you probably know it more than I do. I'm trying to find it. See, Crusader, Sonic 3D, Blast Rector's Cut, and oh, come on. Oh my gosh, I gotta move my stuff around. A, a reproduction of Adventures of Mighty Max. Oh, it was uh, Wily. Oh my goodness, it was no. Wi- it was Wily Wars. My gosh, Wily Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of that. 
but awesome awesome artwork of course uh got the clear cases uh so really really enjoy that and i i once saw crusader of cynthia in the wild and it was like 700 dollars, and i laughed and wow, i walked away yeah. <laughs> so, no. so the, the little bit of money i uh, paid <laughs> Joseph was uh, much more much better nope no thank you <laughs> oh hey by the way um as soon as the retro jump box comes comes to me i'll uh, drop a couple of copies of wally wars in there so Ooh, nice. gets it, you know yeah, there we, you go we need to recirculate that thing so, yeah cool. yeah cool for sure all right and yes. uh, i guess the final thing for me um my album fall damage is actually going to be on cassette here pretty soon i've actually got some copies and i'm planning on doing a giveaway awesome wow patreon um but yeah I the, the cassette album will actually be on sale through my friend's uh, service called Laserburn Audio. Cool. Here within a week or two, so super cool. I'm not even sure yeah. if I have any means to play a cassette anymore. <laughs> like, well, hmm. there you go. That that's uh, you know, you get the album and find yourself a cassette player. They're yeah, that... they're not too not too hard to find. I got one from Goodwill for six bucks, and it works great. That's a good idea. <laughs> I bought your album, so I, ha- I have that, the digital copy, but I like to have that physical thing. Yeah, the cassette, oh, the cassette release is just amazing how much effort you put into it. They're yeah. multicolored blue and red cassettes. It's kind of like Sega colors, and uh, it's, it's just a really slick package. It looks neat. Sweet, man. All right, guys. Well, this has been Genesis Gems Podcast. Check us out on the web, genesisgemspodcast.com. All of our links are there. So we appreciate all your listening time and all the patrons out there. Big thanks to you guys for keeping that up. Um, we have some more shows in store. We, uh, Aaron, thank you so much because he actually pre-recorded a few shows. We had the one last month with uh, Joseph, actually, and we got another one coming up this month with um, uh, Captain, Captain Logan. Captain Logan from Geekvolution, so I don't know why I was drawing a blank there. <laughs> I was getting ready to call him by his official uh, real name, and I didn't want to do that, so I kind of <laughs> kind of stuttered there. I'll, we have I'll a be... few listeners on the show that prefer to go by certain handles, so we, we try to be yeah, of that fact. That's what was going on there, so I was like, ah, Cap, Cap, oh, Cap. So, anyways, um, hey, maybe one day I'll have, be able to shout out my own album. I'm actually working on writing some music, yeah. Aaron, and I've had a few requests of, uh, of some... Uh, of some of my music so it has nothing to do with video well, games you're gonna start incorporating uh sega genesis tunes into your well, set it's funny you <laughs> say that i've actually got a I'm, I'm, I'm working on one now i'm working on uh um you know the green hill zone so that'll be uh the one everyone plays <laughs> for sonic but, yeah uh, the, the one sega song people incorporate into their vgm set <laughs> like i would I, like to hear some like uh, a laid-back comic zone rendition that would be cool well, like, like the... Especially uh, one with the... Cause you, you, do you remember that Comic Zone album that had lyrics in it? Uh, was it composed by Howard Drawson? Yeah, where he yeah. got uh, a house band together. It might have been his band. And they put so. together an album of Comic Zone tunes that he wrote, but with actual lyrics added to them. And it sounds like every early 90s grunge band ever. It's great. <laughs> kind of combined together one giant grunge soup grunge yeah. soup I like that and didn't that CD sometimes come with a copy of Comic Zone uh, I don't remember if it came with Comic Zone um, but I remember I like getting it, it was part of that Sega Tunes yeah it mm-hmm. might have. 
even that Sega Tunes lineup that yep. Toe Jam and Earl 2 was part of and Sonic as well. Oh, very cool. All right, guys. Yeah, I definitely um, appreciate you guys letting me be oh, on yeah. the show. Super cool. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you uh, coming on. And uh, sorry yeah. for all the rescheduling. That's just uh, part of what we do here on oh, hey, that's part of it. <laughs> I apologize for Nick. Yeah. We got a show this Sunday. We can't. We, we have to get this next one out because it's uh, Stephen Michael's um, November game. So <laughs> I don't think we have much of a choice but the schedule this No, one. <laughs> it's, it's, we're, we're pretty locked in. Yeah. Which we're doing uh, Zombies Ate My Neighbors next. Which Yes. A, which if you're in Europe, it's just called Zombies. Zombies. So that's a game that I will be able to talk about with no problem. So. Yes. Cool. All right, guys. Well, for myself and for Joseph and for Aaron, this has been Joseph Jim's podcast, episode 73. We thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you all later. Later, guys. Later. Later.